Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me and Father John. I am the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I am here with my California missionary, Mary Guilfoyle. How are you, Mary? Father John, I'm great, and I'm getting a tan. I'm going to go home to Michigan with a tan. It's been 70 here. It's been glorious. No greater love has a, a group of missionaries, you, me, Albert, than to abandon the beauty of March <laughs> in, in Michigan <laughs> than to come to California to do a mission. And uh, we have a very special guest with us today, don't we? Yes, we do. So we have uh, Father Brandon McAdeg, who is a, a priest for the Diocese <laughs> of Oakland, and he's the rector of the Cathedral of Christ the Light here in Oakland, California. And uh, brother, we've had a just a blast being with you uh, these last few days, uh, and uh, your parish team and your parish community celebrating mass with you uh, this morning at the cathedral and then uh, being with what about 150 or so folks that was about 100 153 about 153 exactly 153 every soul matters we'll break that open a little bit just see what you're doing but um i don't know what you what you think the the topic is today here's what i think the topic is the topic is hope is here that's a, an expression that's that I just uh, am so taken by. It's uh, we'll, we'll break that open a little bit, but why don't we just pray, and then we'll entrust uh, all that we're going to do to the Lord, and we'll dive in to hear what God's doing here at the Cathedral of Christ the Light in Oakland, California. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this day, for the gift of life, for the season that we're in, especially as we rapidly draw near to Holy Week and to the great celebration of our deliverance and redemption and rescue from the powers of sin and death and hell uh, by your Son who is Lord. It is in him that we have hope and have no reason to be afraid. We thank you in a special way for the gift of Father Brandon, for his team here at the cathedral, for all the men and women that we had a chance to serve alongside and to be with Uh, and just to worship you with. We ask that your blessing would be on them, it would be on everybody who's listening to us right now, that wherever there might be darkness, you would fill it with light. Wherever there's fear, you'd replace it with trust. Wherever there's anxiety, you'd replace it with confidence in you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, Padre, just... Tell us a little bit quickly about yourself. You and I went to seminary in the same place, but not exactly together. So uh, you're a priest here for Oakland. How many years? Uh, Going on nine years in May. Going on nine years. And you've been the rector of the cathedral for how long? Two and a half years. So two two and a half kind of boring years here in the United States of America, right? Not much has been going on. Not much, no. (laughs) Lovely, yeah. So, So we actually saw you, so Mary and myself and the rest of our team, Albert, who's with us out here right now, uh, he wasn't with us on this uh, trip to Kansas City, but we saw you at the Amazing Parish Conference in what, June? It was in June of uh, 21, yeah. And you weren't smiling much. Not much, no. So since we got here, like, so I, I often say about the Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, that they are annoyingly joyful. Um, you're annoyingly joyful and um, in a really positive way. I mean, really. <laughs> But you weren't uh, where you are now then. Like, what happened? Well, the short of it is, is that I heard the good news again and decided to follow Jesus, surrender everything to follow him. So that this joy is is absolutely real. But yes, I, 
in Kansas City back in June of 2021, I was not a happy camper. You know, mm. I was just, actually, I was just a rundown pastor, I guess. You know, you could say we've all been in those situations before. But at that time, it was in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I'd been here at that time just about two years, and there wasn't a lot happening here. Mm. I walked into an assignment that is difficult. And if you guys know the history, this this is a relatively new cathedral. Mm-hmm. And um, it was from four parishes that were combined, and they just told them one day, you're going to be a cathedral. But they never really figured out how to be an intentional community. And when I was asked to come here, I thought, well, I had all the gifts and talents. I could do this. I did the amazing parish thing. I got skill. I mean, after all, the bishop's asking me to do this, so I must have. I got so this. I got That's this, right? right? It's me. You know? And... I relied heavily on my own skill and my own talents, as wonderful as they are and they're truly a gift from God. But then the pandemic happened and there was no community to worship with. There was no staff here. It was just me. And there comes a point where you're like, I can't do this. And when I went to the Amazing Parish Conference in Kansas City, um, I just sort of put on a smile and try to make it all work out but if I was honest things weren't all that great Mm. and my coach from Amazing Parish said he goes Brandon you're really buttoned up right now Mm. that's not like you and literally it's buttoned up I mean you know looking all formal and nice and at least I could look like I got it all together Mm. but the reality was I did but that summer um, I had rescued and someone gave me the book and um, when I initially got it I Put it off on the bookshelf. Thanks, appreciate know. that. You're welcome. Just being honest. I mean, people send us things all the time. You totally, book, oh, I get it. A new book, and you just put it over there. <laughs> um, but I went on a retreat. I was like, oh, I need something to read, and that book just captured my attention. So the Holy Spirit said, "Just you got to read this. Take it with you." And so I went on my retreat, and um, I read Rescued, and that truly overwhelmed me. Just hearing the good news again, it's like I knew all this, right? I mean, I believed all of this, right? Uh, and it reinvigorated uh, my own life as not only as a priest, but as a follower and disciple of Jesus. Mm. And so, at that retreat, reading rescued and all this, month, the Lord said to me, he "Goes, yeah, you've been doing this yourself, but follow me now. Mm. It's mm. my church. It's my world." Mm. And I called you and follow me. I was like, okay. And that moment of saying yes led us to where we are today. Hmm. So this joy that you see is absolutely real. Yeah. And and it's obvious. It's absolutely real. And and I think what's so uh, powerful and beautiful is you've surrounded yourself, or maybe maybe the Lord has surrounded you. I mean, you, you obviously went and found um, brothers and sisters to serve alongside, but they've also been drawn to you, and, and his team is just um, wondrously joyful, right, Mary? You know, uh, when, when we first met your team the first night that we were here mm-hmm. for dinner, there was not anyone that we met whose feet weren't levitating. Yeah. You guys float. Mm-hmm. Like the, the spirit is alive in you, and it's not like you, can, you can't fake that. Right. That is real, authentic joy. I'm curious to know, you went from zero staff to this incredible staff of men and women that you have now. How did how did that come to be? How did the Lord bring these men and women to you? Well, um, 
a lot of them I knew before we had worked together okay. um, in various uh, assignments and various past assignments and postulates. And then there were um, people who were worshiping here. And um, they, like me, were trying to figure it out. And they, too, had met the Lord Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, there's something when you, someone who's following the Lord, um, they're attracting. They're attractive. You're drawn to them. Yes. And um, one of the members of my leadership team is a young man who um, was coming to church here. And um, one day he was talking about his own experiences and, and work. And I was like, I thought about working here at the cathedral. And it's like, yeah. And he was looking for something. Um, the Lord was drawing us. So the Lord had a way of bringing him and then, you brought Vanessa, whom you you met. Um, uh, she came on board here at the cathedral, and she had the gift of of arranging things. And she's our office manager. And then there are other people um, who knew somebody, who knew someone, who had who was following Jesus in the way that we were. And so every person who's on my team and my staff now is first and foremost a follower of Jesus. Mm. They have a deep prayer life. Mm. They have been rescued. And they're absolutely bold and courageous in proclaiming Jesus to all the world. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was the one that just put us all together. Mm -hmm. And for a cathedral, there's only eight of us. Some cathedrals have like 30, 40 people on staff. Uh, for us being an urban cathedral, we just have a band of eight who um, love the Lord with all our heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbor. Jesus had 12. He did pretty good with them, mm -hmm. right? I, you know what I love? I mean, so we, we were fortunate enough to be able to celebrate Mass uh, with you yesterday, and then again today, and we're recording this on a Sunday, and so we were at a at the Sunday liturgy, so the 11 o'clock liturgy, and, you know, professional choir, and, you know, it, it's incense, and, and you guys have some, you guys have some, well, you got some really good incense, but you also got, like, really nice vestments. You're sitting here in a cassock, and, and I think people oftentimes, they, they hear, they, 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 the inclination would be to walk into a cathedral and they, they'll see you initially, the way you're dressed, mm -hmm. and they'll see the, the music, the way it's coming, and they're going to go, this thing's going to be kind of stiff. Mm -hmm. And it is not it's stiff. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But again, your joy, which radiates out from you, and just your, uh, I just really want to honor you and, and, and hold you up for, uh, especially our brothers, you know, um, the vulnerability, which attracts people. Because I think oftentimes as priests, we're afraid, like, if I'm vulnerable, like, you probably won't, like, come around me because I have to be perfect, which is just so wrong. Like, who's perfect, for crying out loud? So your vulnerability is attractive. But you're just, um, the way you pray and the way you talk with people, whether it's at the end of Mass or whether it's just praying over everybody that you just prayed with here, uh, is so conversational. And uh, I'm just ecstatic to see what God's going to be doing here in and through you and the team. And uh, we just feel blessed to be a part of these last couple of days. I want to ask you, where did Hope is... So Hope is Here is this sign that we saw when we came into the cathedral the other day. And I, I love it. You know, it's like, I think it's on a prayer board or it's next to a prayer board. Is that right? Where'd you come up with Hope is Here? And, and what does that mean? And what are you guys trying to do with that? Because we might steal it. Oh, we're already, <laughs> I'm already stealing it. Oh, sure. By all means. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, yeah, so we have this uh, prayer wall um, that we have at the entrance to the cathedral. 
Um, we have the traditional way of people submit their prayers. They go with candles. There are lots of candles burning here in the cathedral. But we want to be very intentional. And um, at Christmas time, we uh, prayed, and the Lord led us to have this prayer wall up, and where people could submit their intentions. Hmm. And what we do is we pray over those intentions every day as a team at three o'clock. We pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, but we posted onto that board um, sign. Hope is here. Um, because that's our core purpose. Um, as you know, Oakland, like m- many major American cities, is wrought with all the problems that major American cities have. Yeah. Um, this is um, a rough town. Um, there's a lot of injustice. There's a lot of brokenness and sadness here. And the amazing thing about this city, uh, Oakland, is that there is a profound respect for this cathedral. Hmm. Um, People recognize it. And in fact, um, they know it's a Catholic cathedral, but they also refer to it as our cathedral. Mm. Whether they're Catholic or not. Whether they're Catholic or not. I love that. It's our cathedral or it's the Oakland Cathedral. Hmm. St. Patrick's in New York City, it's like that's their cathedral. Everyone knows it. Well, people really rally around this place. But this is more than just a building. It's more than just an architectural wonder you know, in the middle of the city, this is a place of drawing people and giving them what? Hope. People in this town and anywhere else, they're looking for answers and sometimes wrong places. And um, they lead. it leads them to despair and sadness and it only festers and the devil's having a field day with that, right? But we're convinced that this place can provide healing. Mm. Which it literally does. We have a free clinic here at the cathedral that, that does that. Yeah. Um, this is a place where people can experience um, inspiration. This is a place that they can experience, most importantly, God. Yeah. Right? Yep. And it, it, he has a hope that does not disappoint. And they find that here. And so all of our ministry here at the cathedral, um, whether it be at Mass whether it be um, to the clinic, whether it be in our outreach, whether it's um, faith formation, it's all going to be geared at invigorating people's hearts and putting their hope and trust in our Lord. I love that. I wanted to. I wanted to share it mainly because. Um, you know, like we we talk about our core values, you know, of uh, as a a team and how we think they're not just for us; we think they're for everybody. You know, who's serious about doing apostolic mission work? Um, and I don't think hope is here is something that's uh, supposed to be confined to the Cathedral of Christ the Light in Oakland. I mean, I think that should be something that every church considers uh, a significant part of how they're trying to. Uh, reach people. I mean, the, the world, as you just mentioned, this culture right now, this country is so lacking hope because they don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like I wanted to tell you, like, hope is here and it's nowhere else. You know, like it's not in politics. It's not in law. It's not in your bank account. Uh, it's not in, you know, Michigan football or basketball or much as I love Michigan football and basketball. It's not certainly not in the Detroit Lions. That's for sure. Um, hope's in Jesus and it's unshakable. Mm-hmm. And we need to be going out and uh, and sharing the gospel with others, and that's what you were leading people to do this weekend. And uh, again, we just we're, we're really eager to see what uh, what God does through this mighty band of eight people here under your leadership, and uh, and the good folks at the cathedral. What, what I, I know we were one of the questions that that Mary and I were talking about before we we sat down was just maybe maybe something 
help our our brothers and sisters who don't work in the church. Uh, they come to church, but they don't work in the church. Like, what's the hardest thing, or what are the hardest things right now coming out of COVID? Trying to just reorient and to do as a pastor. This has been like we weren't trained for this, right? Like nobody saw something like this coming. So as you try to like put your hand to the plow and things slowly, you know, kind of get going again, what's the most difficult thing about that? Or, or maybe a better way is like, how can we pray for you and our brothers who are pastors mm-hmm. in these days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for a lot of uh, us, myself included, is is knowing that um, the Lord knows what he's doing. You know, and, and trusting in that. I think that's, for me, that was the big thing. It's like, at times I was saying, Lord, do you, do you really know what you're doing? I mean, is can you bring a good out of this? And he's like, yeah, I can bring the greatest good out of this, right? It's what he does. Yeah, and, and so I think it's it's really believing that, trusting in that, being led by that, right? I think, and, 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 and it's just stopping for a moment, just simply resting in that. Hmm. Our Lord is victorious. That's what I say to my brother priest. Our Lord is victorious. Amen. You know, we had a meeting here in our diocese. Um, we're going through a, a process of, you know, looking at our resources and aligning it for mission, just as uh, many other dioceses um, are doing. And, um, you know, it's heavy stuff, right? And there's a tendency to like, well, we have to do this better. We have to get back to this. Let's just work harder and, you know. And there was this collective sense of like, yeah, that's that's not gonna work. And our bishop got up and he just said to us, he's like, guys, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is victorious. Jesus, this is his church. He knows what he's doing. Our job is just simply to go with him and trust him. And there was this resounding like, all right, let's yeah, do this. Like, right. I mean, he was able to just bring out something that was deep within the hearts of, of our priests. And so it's a brother priest, I say, it's like, yeah, don't get caught up of trying to fix everything. Jesus is going to do that. You trust him. You follow him. You surrender to mm-hmm. him. Surrender everything to him. Um, it's it's going to work. And does that mean we have to get smaller? You know, um, maybe. Does it mean we have to make some decisions that are might be... Uh, not so popular yeah. yeah absolutely like i mean we reduced to one mass here at the cathedral hmm. you know it was a cathedral we should have lots of masses we just simply had well you know what we're going to worship together and we're going to be together just at one time on sunday and we pour excellence and, and 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 beauty into this and that really inspires the lord led us to that yeah and i love that so that's really i mean what i say it's like Trust. I love that. Trust, surrender, that's certainly been a word that's been on our hearts for so long, right? With a novena to the surrender novena that we've been like, I think I'm going to pray for the rest of my life. Yeah, I don't think it's a novena that you ever stop praying. Yeah. So what's on your heart? What do you want to ask, Father, as we uh, wrap up our time in the sunshine state of California? You know, I just want to know, so your team has done some extraordinary things here in a very short time. Mm -hmm. And they, this isn't just a place of hope. You guys are messengers mm. of hope. Mm. How can we pray for your team? What mm. do you have before you 
that we can pray into as we get ready to part company here, knowing that God's already starting to renew this diocese. You said something today, by the way, which just really caught my heart. Mm. And you said, um, today is, is is the beginning of our Pentecost here, yes. you know, in this diocese. So so mm. what might you all be putting your hands to in the, in the coming weeks and months that we can pray into for you? Thank you. Um, the top priority we're working on right now is to awaken our apostolic identity. I mean, we're really bold of believing that we're moving out of Christendom into apostolic mission. Uh, we believe that truly here. And we, as uh, our team, we're unafraid. I mean, we're, we're really convicted of that. We're going. And um, what we're working on now is, though, is awakening the sense. We have the, this apostolic identity is in us in virtue of our baptism. Right. Right. And so it's there. We all got it. Um, but it's something that we've always put aside because we say, well, it's I got me and Jesus. We're good. Right. And but this other part of going to make disciples being sent, that is um, our identity as well. So pray for us to help um, asking the Lord to help us to discern where we go next. Hmm. Um your being here, this uh, retreat um, was, yes, just the beginning. But now we're saying like, okay, Lord, tomorrow, this is where the real work is gonna get, it's gonna get fun, it's gonna That's get right. messy, it's gonna get, it's gonna get real. Because we've left, you know, the 153 people that came, they're on fire. But now they're asking like, well, what's next? And right now we're throwing ideas about like, well, you know, they have a gift and a genius, they have a charism, so it's helping them to figure that out. Um, also, we're looking at like imparting and strengthening what we ourselves have, hmm. right? They're looking at us right now going like, there's something different. And some are saying, well, they're really strange, you know, they're, they're Jesus freaks. They're Jesus freaks. That's you how know? you guys described yourself. <laughs> yeah, I love, love that. that. Yeah, we're Jesus. We admit we are Jesus freaks and um, we want to impart that. And, and, and show them that that, that is um, normative and, and, and real. We also want to share uh, with them the freedom of proclaiming um, their own story. Mm. Like, Father, you, uh, during this, this, this retreat, you're sharing your own story, and that was inspiring, right? And it was each of us were looking into our own lives, like, well, I have a story to tell, too. And we want them to tell their story. You know, we, we said in one of our meetings, it's like, we want you to share the gospel of John, the gospel of Mary, the gospel of Jeremiah here, mm-hmm. like the gospel of Brandon, you know, God has, God has done something in us. And so right now we says, like, okay, we got all the pieces together. We've really lit the fire, but now it's helping our, our community, especially the first 153 that have come to be able to pray freely to um, be able to share their story, to be able to talk about Christ and what he has done for us. Mm. And so pray that we may have a a structure, uh, a a freedom to do this, a clarity, I think a clarity of knowing what to, where to go next. I love that. Spirit we, of holy boldness. Amen. We, 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 you know, I think we were taken, Mary and I, when we were on a retreat, uh, shortly after we began uh, working at uh, Acts 29, and, and the, the word that the Lord put on our heart was, you know, pray for uh, wisdom to know what he's asking us to do and then courage to do it. Right. And, and you guys got a boatload of courage. I love it. it. You know, you walk around the streets of Oakland around the cathedral, and clearly Christendom is dead. 
You know, mm-hmm. you walk around the streets of Detroit and clearly Christendom is dead. But you walk around the streets of any city in Detroit or whoever uh, or wherever we might be living and Christendom is dead. Not Christianity, Christendom, an era that was really permeated by uh, a biblical way of seeing. And that can be, for many of us, it can be overwhelming. It can, it can lead to nostalgia. It can lead to sadness. It can lead to a sense of like, well, I'm never going to be able to do anything. The world's so strong and Jesus is so weak. It's so the other way around. Like mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord and nobody else is and hell doesn't have a chance. Um, and it might cost us our lives, but who really cares because Jesus has conquered death. So mm-hmm. I love that. We will pray for you for that. And, and that prayer is... Uh, is is specific to you here at the cathedral, but I, I think what I love about it is it's so apropos for like every single parish, wherever we might go, wherever we worship. This is the heart of a pastor as he's talking to us and as he's he, he himself has been reawakened by the Lord and his kindness. He's gone from a place of like being crushed to, man, I got brothers and sisters around me now to serve with. He's in the game, he's filled with hope, and it's shining forth from him and from this place. And and God wants to do that in every single one of us. I think what I, I so appreciate about you you sharing the way you did at the beginning is people don't lose heart. Like if a priest can say, like, yeah, I think I heard the gospel again and I got hope out of it, well then we shouldn't be afraid if if we feel like, well, maybe I need to hear the gospel again too, you know? So God has us, and again and again, we just want to keep reminding everybody we were born for these days. So especially as we draw closer to Holy Week, let's keep our eyes lifted up on Jesus, looking at all that he's done for us out of his great love, mindful that he's the one who has us in his hands, mindful that he's the one who's destined us to be alive right now, no matter how overwhelming the odds might seem. And because all of that is true, do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this. <laughs> <laughs>